0: Talking today with Asphyxia. Asphyxia is a writer, an artist, a puppeteer, a circus performer, uh, and the author of recent young adult novel Future Girl. A recent release through Alan and Unwin and the winner of this year's Readings Young Adult Book of the Year. You might also know Asphyxia from the Grimstone series, which was also based on her um, touring puppet show. Um, And I'm really excited to speak with you, Asphyxia, about your new book. Um, and about your work. So in Future Girl, um, the main character is Piper and Piper's story paints a really vivid picture of life post-peak oil um, and this life is both scary and and hopeful. Can you talk a little bit about how you um, built this world um, and also how you came to write this story?
1: For a long time, I have believed it wouldn't take much for the world as we know it to change dramatically in the face of a crisis. And the starting seed for Future Girl was to highlight how very possible this is and the need for us to develop resilience and to prepare for such scenarios. Strangely, just as the book was about to go to print, the pandemic hit and life did change dramatically in many of the ways that I had imagined. Future Girl is an eerie mirror, in some ways, of the world we find ourselves in today. In the book, the crisis is caused by peak oil We all know about the dangers involved with climate change, but few people know about the risks we face due to peak oil, which could be just as serious. That's one of the reasons I wanted to write this book, is to show what could happen if we don't prepare for peak oil. For those who are fuzzy on what peak oil is, it's the point at which the demand for oil becomes greater than our ability to supply it. Why is this important? Because we use oil for every part of our lives, to make petrol for transport, to make plastics and fabric, and so on. Every year, we use more and more oil for our lifestyles, but the amount of oil in the ground is finite. When our demand for oil becomes greater than the amount of oil available, the price will shoot up and we'll all start fighting over it. Peak oil is about oil becoming so expensive that we can't afford to use it anymore for petrol and everyday basics. When that happens, it could happen suddenly. And if we haven't prepared for it, we could face severe shortages, not have enough food and not have enough supplies for survival. That's what happens in Future Girl. In Future Girl, I wrote the book I wanted to read. Piper, the main character, is deaf. I was hungry to read books and watch movies about deaf people. As a deaf person, it is deeply disappointing to me how rarely we are represented in the media. I almost never get to read stories that depict my own language, Auslan, my culture, the deaf community, and in which the characters go through the same struggles and tribulations as I do. I'm frustrated by media that sends poor messages about us. One example is the picture book, Boy, which features a deaf child who is routinely excluded from his community and yet somehow magically becomes a hero for completely unrealistic reasons. Another example is the movie, MVP, Most Valuable Primate, which features a little girl and a chimp who sign to each other using gibberish, yes, made-up sign language. These portrayals of us and our language suggest that it is fine to make a mockery of our language. Imagine a kid's movie in which all the spoken language was pure gibberish and yet it was promoted as being an excellent example of English. We need authentic, accurate portrayals of deafness so that hearing people develop realistic insight into what it means to be deaf and to validate the lived experience of deaf people so that we can see ourselves reflected in the media. It is easy to take for granted the privilege of having yourself and your lifestyle reflected back to you in movies and books. But when you don't have that, it's very painful. It creates a huge hunger and appetite within that community. In Future Girl, I set out to satiate some of that appetite.
0: It's absolutely amazing. I loved the book and I think that you've achieved such an incredible thing um, with it. Um, The book is also fully illustrated. Um, It's extraordinary, printed in colour. And this must have been a lot of work for you as you created it, but also in the production process with your publisher. Um, And can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: I also wanted to make a gorgeous book that looks like my art journals. But with a coherent story told in the diary entries. I started with page backgrounds. I painted, plastered pieces of fabric, doodled on notepaper, sprayed through stencils, compiled collections of my favourite papers for collage, and assembled everything into pages that had nice clear areas in the center for text. All these pieces were scanned and my plan was then to work digitally to create multiple versions of these original artworks through changing colors and adding varied collage elements and doodles. In my own art journals, there are symbols, textures, patterns, and motifs that I use repeatedly. These help to give the books a feeling of being an integrated, coherent whole. I wanted to do the same for Piper's journal. By reusing motifs in a variety of forms. Since I was not highly proficient in Photoshop, I was fortunate to work with my friend and mentor, Janine Davidson, who was the lead designer and illustrator for my Grimstone's book series. Over the years, Janine was incredible, sending me tutorials explaining the specific Photoshop, illustrator and in design techniques I needed to master. And lifting individual layers from scanned artworks I sent to her so I could recombine them with others. I compiled a huge library of backgrounds, images, and artworks ready to use in Future Girl. My plan was to hand this library to Janine who was going to do the intensive digital work of laying out each page, page design, and adding the text, typesetting, and text design. However, just as the time came to pull the whole book together and lay it out with the text and final artworks, Janine had a family crisis and had to pull out My publishers promptly called in a replacement for the text design, but since I had such a specific vision for the page design of the book, which Janine understood, but no one else did, I realised that unless the book was going to veer substantially off the path I had in mind for it, I would need to do the page designs myself. Enter several months of frantic work as I barely surfaced a gulp for air, as I raced the clock to learn everything I needed to know about page design and master the technical side of Photoshop sufficiently to pull it off. Although I am confident as an artist and know how to create a pleasing composition on a canvas, I found it extremely difficult to get elements to look right on the page. Take page 95 as an example. I had drawn some persimmons, as the text referred to them. But how to put my persimmon drawings on the page and make them look good? I spent hours and hours on this. No matter where I put the persimmons, half on and half off the page, large, small, they just looked terrible. I tried so many different angles before I had the idea of putting them on an envelope. Even then, they were underwhelming. I tried adding white behind them That helped, but still something was missing. Eventually, I had the idea to add a spoon and suddenly it all came together. The page had that magical balance I was searching for. I found page after page an extreme struggle as I added pre-prepared elements that just didn't look right. How did Janine do this? I used to give her components and she would arrange them in a way that came up as delightful, quirky and visually harmonious. But as I slogged onward, page after page, sometimes giving one a rest when I couldn't work on it any longer and revisiting it later with a fresh mind, interestingly, something started to gel. By the last hundred or so pages, I was working faster. I had my keyboard shortcuts for Photoshop down pat. I knew more intuitively how to aim for something that might work. I also knew what had failed visually and which avenues not to go down. While those months were breathtakingly pressured, they were also immensely satisfying as I slowly saw page designs emerge that were actually lovely. And I took delight in my newly honed digital skills. Would I do it any other way? No. Although I was so disappointed not to work with Janine, whose energy and artistic vision I adore, I am thrilled to have developed my design skills to this extent. I now feel confident to create a visual design for a page that has balance and appeal. I am fast and proficient in many Photoshop features that had eluded me before. A skill that will be highly useful for the future. That sounds exhausting. Congratulations on
0: your new skills and for getting all this work done. Um, In the book, although Piper goes through difficulties with her mother um, and her friends as she begins to use Auslan, um, I felt intense joy as she was introduced to sign language and the deaf community. Um, Is it joy or something like it um, that you intended to get across here? And can you share a little bit more about what... Is opening up meant for Piper.
1: Piper's experience of joy and her world opening up when she discovers sign language and the deaf community is common for many deaf people. The majority of us are not taught to sign as children. As our parents are worried it might detract from our ability to function in the hearing world. Even though studies show that deaf children who sign from a young age fare better in a long list of outcomes than children who are left to struggle with English which they can't access. Being raised as oral, like Piper, which means being expected to speak and lip read is a stressful and exhausting experience. It can also mean a lack of worldliness and obliviousness to the most basic customs of our society. When we learn to sign, we are given a language that is not a struggle to access which enables us to focus on the content rather than the delivery. To flourish and express ourselves without worrying that we got it wrong. It is indeed a magical opening up experience. For Piper, when she realises that her deafness will be accommodated that if someone wants to communicate with her, they will tap her, rather than it being her responsibility to constantly scan the room in case someone wants to talk to her. It is an immense relief. There is a perception in the hearing world that sign language is lesser, is a last resort. An unfortunate necessity... For those of us who can't cope in the real world. But for those of us who find sign language and embrace it, it is an enrichment, a relief, a beauty and a joy. And a magnificent tool to totally change our lives for the better. I really wanted to capture that feeling in Future Girl so that people who didn't understand this before reading the book would feel it on a visceral level. And have you heard from readers in response to Future Girl? Um, What have the responses been like? The response has been overwhelming. Deaf readers have emailed me to tell me their huge relief validating it is to read about their own experiences on the page at last. Hearing people have told me they had no idea about the challenges we face and thank me for enlightening them. I am really rapt the book has impacted on so many people in such a valuable way. And how do you find inspiration?
0: Um, Have you found that that's
1: changed over the past year? Much of my inspiration in recent years has come from issues in society that I view as important, but which it feels like we are not addressing, not talking enough about. I like to use art and writing to shine a spotlight on these dark spots. I read and watch documentaries and films very widely, especially those containing activism on topics I'm interested in. And this becomes fuel for my work. I read about deafness, feminism, violence and abuse, disability, illness... Racism, sexuality, gender diversity, health, and so much more. To understand how the perspectives of people in these groups can differ so much from the perspectives of the wider world, often those tasked with helping the marginalised groups. I also take inspiration from my own life and those of people around me. Experiences which I then give my characters. And Asphyxia, what are you currently reading? I am currently reading Unseen by Jacinta Parsons, which is giving me an insight into her experience of chronic illness. And is also resonating with me as I have lived with chronic illness for six years now
0: i've heard I've heard that that book is is really powerful. I look forward to reading it myself, and I'm glad that you found something that resonates with you. Thank you so much, asphyxia for um taking part in this um in conversation series. This episode is also being supported by Verso Books in Heelsville, And so they're doing such an incredible job and have become such an important part of their community. I highly recommend a visit. There's plenty to do in Healesville uh, and making a trip to Verso Books will absolutely be a highlight for you. Uh, So thank you, Verso, and thank you again, Asphyxia, for making the time to speak with me.